Welcome back to Authors on the Air, friends. My guest today is Mark Polowski. Mark is a, I don't know, maybe for, former and current reporter. He also is a, a thriller author. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you for having me, Pam. It's my Great pleasure, Mark. First of all, let's talk about Friendly Fire. Will you talk? tell us about the book? Yeah, um, Friendly Fire is... Um, uh, it, it's set in Washington, D.C., and it starts out with um, a, a real bang. Um, uh, the One of the world's richest men who runs the largest AI company. Um, and I started writing about AI um, a couple years ago before it became all the rage. Um, ends up being killed by his young trophy wife. And that then on schools, um, a whole host of um, issues and plots um, that were not seen on, on the surface. Um, and it leads to our reporter, our protagonist, uh, Nick Byron, uh, uh, pulling on the threads and getting involved about what happened exactly, how this man was killed, um, what is behind um, his sort of his, his company and where his company is going to end up now that he has uh, has passed away. Is this a continuation from the prior book, or is this a whole new story? It, same it, character, uh, but new story. Yeah, it, same characters. Uh, uh, a lot of the same characters, but a totally fresh story. Uh, yeah, so not not totally divorced from the uh, uh, first book, uh, the, the debut novel, but. Um, whole different plot line um, and a, a whole host of um, bad guys, new bad guys. Mark, will you please tell listeners about your own background? Sure. Um, I have been, I'm a lifelong uh, journalist um, and started my reporting career in a, in a small uh, town in Indiana and was fortunate enough to have an editor um, who was uh, Bob Woodward's roommate, I believe, at Yale University. And um, the owner of the, this little newspaper, his name was John Deprey. He wanted to have the best small <clears throat> daily newspaper, um, one of the best small daily newspapers in the, in the country, and went out and recruited some top-notch people. Um, and that's where I, I sort of cut my teeth on reporting. Uh, and then from there, went on to the Kansas City Star, uh, right around the time um, the uh, the Hyatt collapse, and many people probably won't remember that, but um, the um, Hyatt Hotel was having tea dances at at the time, and um, there were three hundred people on this on this walkway when it collapsed, and hundred of people were injured, multiples were killed uh, and died, and so uh, you know, kind of thrust into the into the fire and and, and reporting there. And then left the star and started helped start a uh, little newspaper called the Kansas City Business Journal that uh, went on to become the flagship for this 45 newspaper operation around the country. Um, became executive editor and then moved to D.C. as editor. Um, worked um, in uh, national magazines, helped start a magazine for Dow Jones and American City Business Journals, then the Wall Street Journal, then MSNBC, CNBC. Um, 
so I've been kind of all over the place uh, working on, on different platforms, um, but always, you know, driven by hard news and, uh, and just a, a thrill to chase. Had it been your intention as a high school student and a college student to pursue journalism or just writing of some sort? Uh, kind of both. Uh, uh, honestly, I was, uh, editor of my high school newspaper. Um, and when I went to <laughs> you, you too. Okay. Uh, and then I went to the university of Detroit for a couple of years and worked on the paper there, um, trying to dig up uh, scandals and dirt. And, but I was also at the same time, I, when I first enrolled at, um, U of D, I was a uh, drama major and that was, um, what I thought I w w might end up doing. Uh, then I ended up uh, transferring out of the University of Detroit and um, had to decide between the University of Michigan and University of Missouri. And I ended up going to Missouri, not knowing anything about it other than it was uh, at the time uh, one of the top journalism programs in, 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 the, in the, I guess, the country, if not the, the, the world. Um, and, and so at that point, the bit was firmly in my teeth and I was off and running. Wow. So something creative has always been in your in your forecast, I guess we could say. You mm -hmm. you were going to be the writing plays or performing them, or you were going to be chasing the story, one way or the other. And here you are now, a, a crime fiction writer. So, what is the yeah. nexus between all of those things, and how does your long career in journalism inform your writing? Uh, so I, you know, the nexus is just stories, you know. Uh, reading good stories, wanting to be involved in good stories, telling good stories, uh, being fascinated by that sort of the undergirding of stories. Really what makes a good story a good story. Um, and um, so that um, that is, and, and, and I've always struggled with writing in that uh, I'm a slow writer, like my protagonist, uh, Nick Byron, uh, and I fuss over words and sentences and paragraphs and structure uh, uh, way too much. Um, and I have friends who sit down and literally blink and they have 10,000 words. on the page. I'm not one, I, I am not one of those writers. Uh, I sit down, and I blink a lot and I have nothing to show for it. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you, so that's, you know, that, that's the sort of the motivation. There's an always what goes around comes around thing in this world. And, you know, whether you're lived to see it or not, and you don't want to wish any of them ill, but, but certainly if they have a speed bump and you get ahead, it's okay too. You know? Right. <laughs> there, right. there has to be a certain amount of quid pro quo here. <laughs> right. I remember when I was a journalism student um, uh, and actually worked as an intern at the Miami Herald for a short period of time, um, the one of the features editors said to me, this is the wrong business for you to be in if you like to read and write. And he said, you're going to be dirt poor. And I said, okay, I, I believed him. And so I, I did not pursue journalism, but it did teach me at least how to recognize the kind of story I wanted to read, whether it was from journalism um, nonfiction, or particularly in my case, fiction, that 
you get a jump on the story as soon as you read the first paragraph. Mm-hmm. It has to grab my attention. So I, I mentioned to you, I, I read prolifically and I read across genre. If a story doesn't, I mean, bite me immediately, I have the luxury of putting it aside and moving on to something else because I read so much. Mm-hmm. So how do you, and Nick Byron, who's a slow writer, but how do you make him and his story a fast character? Well, I, that is one thing I sort of pride myself on, I, I, on the opening of my book. Um, I've, I've written four now, uh, and I'm working on the fifth one. And I think I, you just... Uh, for the reader, I, who I always have in mind, at least in in, in the beginning of the book, uh, they just fall right into it, uh, and I and I just try to make that so gravity free that they just can't help but be consumed by what is happening on that page, um, and it's um, uh, even though even though Nick is is a slow writer and I uh, fuss over a lot of my writing, I do take um, a lot of time thinking about how I want to open that up, and and that comes from the you know writing leads on you know hundreds if not thousands of stories throughout my career uh, and editing leads um, probably editing probably made me a better writer than than reporting actually. Um, uh, because I like you uh, as an editor. If I, you know, I, I have a reporter who had a, you know, a four thousand word story, but the lead is buried somewhere in the twenty five hundred word right. vicinity. So, the know, who, what, why, really, where, and when is lost someplace, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know, I really wanted to uh, uh, help them get that story in front of people and get people reading that story by. Re- probably spent an inordinate amount of time on the first 12 inches of any story. Um, and so I think, I think I approach, I, I approach my writing the same way. And I find uh, I do get myself in trouble because I, 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 I have a very slam bang opening uh, that I'm asking myself, okay, that's great. Now, <laughs> how do I back it up? Now what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What now? For those of you who are just joining me, my guest today is Mark Pawlowski. He is a journalist, and he's also a crime fiction writer. Um, Mark, so we're talking about you taking your knowledge from journalistic writing and from editing, um, and we know there's an old expression, don't bury the lead, and so you have learned to bring the action to the first chapter in your book. And we paused here for just a second while you were thinking the next problem is how do you keep that action going? Whether and is the action physical? Is it dialogue? Is it how do you keep the momentum going, utilizing all those tools that writers have? Uh, you know, some of it is just uh, having read a lot of, um, uh, you know, novels in 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 my genre and kind of understanding become become a a student of um what good authors uh do and 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 what they apply to keep the momentum uh, uh moving forward um and 
you know, it, uh, it is in the beginning when I started writing, I was doing it longhand, um, uh, writing on a legal tab. And uh, the first book, in fact, was written all in longhand. The second book was written probably three quarters to a half in longhand. <clears throat> but I also outlined everything uh, in the beginning. And that really helped me uh, really develop pace. And I knew where I wanted to go. I knew how I had to get there. Um, and I had an editor um, uh, in my first book um, uh, uh, who, you know, had some great insights about just the structure and, and, and you know, leaving the, the reader wanting more at the, at the end of each chapter. Do not, do, do not wrap up everything for the, right. at all in the chapters. It is, it is this continuum. Uh, continuum that you want to have in a uh, dialogue and a, and a conversation uh, as much as possible uh, with your reader. And then the last piece of advice he always, you know, gave me is that, you know, it's got to have a satisfying ending. And so those are the, you know, those are the things I think about, like, okay, what is the beginning of this book? What is the ending going to be like? And how in that middle, um, you know, do I keep the, uh, do, I, do I keep the, uh, the pace? Um, and the, the, novel I'm working on now, which would be the fifth book in the series, it's called Rendezvous. I sort of threw everything out the window. Uh, I, I followed George Saunders, uh, who uh, is a, a teacher's writing at Syracuse and has published some terrific novels. Uh, and he's not in the thriller genre at all. Uh, but he sort of convinced me um, that just kind of open a vein. You know, don't don't have so much structure in your story before you go into it. <clears throat> well, I took his advice, and um, this may be the hardest thing I've ever done <laughs> because it is it is proving to be uh, a real uh, challenge. Um, uh, not having not having that infrastructure and having that that web in front of me to to write through. Uh, but I also finding that you know I think. I'm doing some of my uh, uh, best writing, um, though it is probably taking me longer, twice as long to write this novel than any of the others, um, just because I'm kind of doing it, uh, you know, on the fly, as it were. It's interesting listening to you because I'm visualizing myself going to a town in Europe, let's say for the first time, and how I usually have things mapped out and, um, you know, have places that I want to go and the route to get to there and where I'm going to walk, you know, take an Uber, go by train, whatever it happens to be, you know. And then the next time I go to the city, I kind of already know where I've been and I can bypass all that. And I know the areas to wander in. By the third time I go to the city, I'm doing it on the fly and it gets a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Don't you find that you're more creative when you kind of start writing organically after you've learned the other techniques, the other tools in your, in your toolbox, your writing toolbox. You're now on number five. You say you're having the time of your life. You've thrown it, all the rules out and the writing is best. I, I think I, I, so where I am right now, I'm about 50,000 words in, and it may be the strongest 50,000 words. Um, I, 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 uh, so far created, um, I, I would say the, the 
thing that uh, I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about is, okay, how do you string all the, uh, because not only am I doing this uh, without uh, a net under me, um, I have, I decided to weave in three different plots essentially. And, and so to keep those plot lines going in parallel and then at the end have them all intersect is uh, a logistical uh, a, lo a, lo a logistical Rubik's cube uh, yes, I would to sort out. Yeah, I so I like though having a kind of a dangling character that I kind of am not sure of and see if I want to. I kind of like it when he comes back later on in, a, in another book. Mm -hmm. so, uh, it's like where does this person this person kind of helped out, but he's still not really an unknown. I kind of sort of want to trust him, but I don't know if I do. Mm -hmm. That is very intriguing to me. I don't I don't want it wrapped up and a bow tied and handed it to me at the end. Right. I do like a little intrigue knowing that there may be another book coming along. And you know, sometimes if there's never another book coming along, it's okay to say, God, I wonder whatever happened. Because if you're writing that kind of a story, for me, you're piquing my interest as a reader. And chances are I'm going to go back and reread and see, what did I miss not paying attention mm -hmm. to this guy more carefully? There's mm -hmm. no better gift than you can give to a reader. Mm -hmm. You know, and I have to say, um, uh, the, 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 the feedback I have, uh, I have received is, is right along those lines. Um, uh, you know, I think... Of, I don't know, that's about 150 reviews total now. Um, and um, that's not, it's not 20,000 like some authors, but it's all been pretty consistent about what they think about the, the characters and the novel and the plot. And so, um, how beholden that's, that's are you to, to reviews, by the way? Pardon me? How beholden are you to reviews? Uh, I don't know. I not you know. I I'm probably the the uh, least. Um, I don't want to say savvy, but uh, the 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 least uh, concerned um, or involved involved would probably be a better word on the on the reviews and the marketing side, um, and um, I guess the sales side. I mean, I I love I, I love all those things to go great. Um, sure. And it's nice when they when they do. Um, I I find myself if I'm if if I'm concentrating on that and I'm not concentrating on my writing, I there's just a, a piece of me that is missing. You so turn um, you on the wrong street, I, don't you? Yeah, I know. I and, and I have to juggle it, and you yeah. know, uh, and when I make that trade off, I always feel like if I'm shortchanging my writing, then I'm I feel I I, I don't feel good. Sounds like you're doing all the right things and you're hitting all the high notes on it. Um, Friendly Fire is out now? Friendly Fire is out. Um, it uh, has been out uh, now since spring. Um, yeah, and it, uh, it it came pretty quickly on the heels of Hack, which was the first book. Right. Uh, I should mention that uh, Hack won the um, uh, Feathered uh, Quill uh, gold medal award for suspense, uh, suspense and thriller. Um, Fantastic. So a debut Congratulations. Novel. Yeah, How wonderful. You. So yeah. you were, um, you were working on the next book, 
which you will probably release next year, I'm assuming. So uh, the third book in the series is finished and it is, um, it, the, it, the, there's been four or five rounds of editing, the, the proofreading. Um, uh, I got the proofread copy back to me probably three weeks ago. Um, so it is now uh, being discussed for release in the winter of 24. Um, so the third, the third novel is in, 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 in the, um, in the can, the fourth. So the way it really happened is the first novel, uh, was Newshound, Uh, but we didn't launch with Newshound. We launched with hack and then we had friendly fire. The next novel coming out was called Blackbird. Um, and then the fourth novel, the plan has been all along <clears throat> to use the first novel as a prequel that, so we'll give you Nick's backstory and, his relationships and, and how he ended up in Washington, D.C. And the fifth novel that I'm working on would, would come after that. So it sounds wonderful. Yeah. So I want to play um, a little quick, five quick questions and five quick answers. So yep. cats or dogs? Dogs. Still want to talk. I've had cats, though. I've oh, had cats. You've redeemed yourself. <laughs> okay. If you weren't a journalist and a writer, what occupation do you think you'd like to pursue i as i mentioned early on i was uh i was a uh a budding drama major uh and um you know that's always been in the back of my mind that's something i i i'd like to have stayed with at some level but i i, I did not are there other, in, my third question is are there other creative members of your family uh my brother uh, uh my oldest brother who um has passed on now was a, a, a beautiful writer and uh, he was an English teacher, a college English teacher and uh, very inspiring um, for me. So, yeah. Whose book is on your nightstand? I have three that I'm currently reading. Um, I'm reading um, Candace Millard's uh, book on um, Winston Churchill. I'm reading a, a Michael Conley uh, book and I'm uh, reading um uh, a book about, uh, I want to say it's the stolen feather, but that I, I think I'm kind of off on the title, but it's about, um, uh, these ancient, um, artifacts, uh, these feathers that were traced back to early, um, American, uh, native American, uh, times that were taken out of the archives and, and sold on the, on the black market. It's based on a true story. So, those are the three that I'm juggling. And my one of my favorite questions is, what would your friends tell us about you that we won't learn in your bio? Huh. <laughs> uh, uh, that, you know, I, I think that they would say that I'm a, um, a very loyal friend. That's a lovely very way to loyal. finish this interview. Mark okay. Pulaski, where can we find you on the webs? Uh, MarkPulaski.com. Uh, it, uh, it's my website. I'm also on Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, the various social media platforms. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. I hope you'll come back when the next book is available and thank you for being with me and thank you, mom and dad. I hope you all have a terrific day.